This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. Public houses, or pubs, are not just places to drink beer, wine, cider, or even something a little stronger. It is also a unique social center, very often the focus of community life in villages, towns, and cities throughout the length and breadth of the world. We here at Cross Politic hope to emulate that for you and yours. That's why you should grab yourself a pub membership with Cross Politic. We have a lot of big projects we're working on behind the scenes here at Cross Politic. Projects like This America, our Rowney Christian Guides, our new and improved Fight Laugh Feast app, and more to come. And we need you on this ride with us. So pull up a chair, grab a pint, and join us on this ride at FightLaughFeast.com. That's FightLaughFeast.com. We've got memberships for just 10 bucks a month, folks. Head on over. That's FightLaughFeast.com. Now let's get to the news, starting first with world news. Iran expects $10 billion sanctions waiver gift from Biden. The Iranian pro-regime propaganda site Tasneem News reported on Tuesday that the administration of President Joe Biden is likely to agree with Iran's getting access to $10 billion, currently frozen under sanctions, adding to tens of billions of dollars in relief the White House has already processed. The Biden administration may approve a sanctions waiver on Tuesday that will allow Iran to access at least $10 billion in previously frozen funds held in Iraq, the outlet declared. According to reports, Governor of the Central Bank of Iran, or CBI, Mohammad Reza Farzine, held talks with his Omani counterpart last month on the acceleration of Iran's access to its financial resources. Tasneem News made the claim based on a report published on Monday by the Washington Free Beacon that described the $10 billion in question as already under a sanctions waiver, but one set to expire on Tuesday. The initial sanctions relief was reportedly issued in July, months before the unprecedented massacre of 1,200 civilians in Israel by the Iran proxy terrorist group Hamas on October 7th. The mass killing, in which Hamas slaughtered children as young as infants, extensively tortured victims and desecrated corpses on camera, and took about 250 hostages has increased pressure on the Biden administration to end sanctions relief programs that unfreeze money for Iran, allowing the government to use the unfrozen funds on legitimate needs and freeing up other funding to share with terrorist organizations such as Hamas. According to the original report, the money represents payments made by the government of Iraq to Iran, in exchange for electricity services. The Trump administration first allowed Iraq to import electricity and gas from Iran, but only on the condition that the payments were kept in an escrow account in Baghdad, the Free Beacon explained. The Biden administration continued to issue that waiver and then broadened it in July so that Iraq could move more than $10 billion outside the country, enabling Tehran to draw on the funds for its budget and humanitarian needs. The Iranian site Tasneen is sanctioned by the U.S. government for its close ties to the Iranian Islam. Islamist dictatorship. It was founded by members of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, or the IRGC, a U.S.-designated terrorist organization and a formal arm of the Iranian military, so it serves as an informed mouthpiece for the Iranian regime. The October 7th Hamas attack, which the terrorists branded the Al-Qaeda flood, has renewed calls for the Biden administration to stop its policy of sanctions relief for Iran. Iran is the world's foremost state sponsor of terrorism and pours hundreds of millions of dollars a year into jihadist organizations threatening Israel. 
According to the U.S. State Department, Hamas itself receives about $100 million a year from the Iranian government. The Shiite terrorist group Hezbollah, based in Lebanon and vocally threatening attacks on Israel regularly, receives about $700 million from Iran. Despite the overwhelming evidence of coordination between Iran and groups such as Hamas, according to the Foundation of the Defense of Democracies, or the FDD, the Biden administration has granted Iran over $50 billion in sanctions relief. A month before the Israel attacks, Biden approved an agreement that gifted Iran $6 billion in sanctions relief in a single spell in exchange for $6 billion, which had been frozen in South Korea banks, which Washington allowed to be transferred to Iran-friendly Qatar. Iran freed five Americans it had been holding hostage in political prisons. In October, shortly after the Hamas attack, the Biden administration temporarily lifted all oil and gas sanctions on socialist Venezuela in response to dictator Nicolas Maduro's short-lived promise to allow a free and fair presidential election. Iran and Venezuela are close allies. Iran refines a significant percentage of its own crude in Venezuela and has helped Venezuela refurbish its dilapidated oil facilities. The two countries recently signed an agreement with the Syrian dictatorship to jointly build a new refining facility. And elsewhere, Nepal bans TikTok for disrupting social harmony. Nepal's government decided to ban the popular social media app TikTok on Monday, saying it was disrupting social harmony in the country. The announcement was made following a cabinet meeting. Foreign Minister Narayan Prakash Saad said that the app would be banned immediately. The government has decided to ban TikTok as it was necessary to regulate the use of social media platform that was disrupting social harmony, goodwill, and flow of indecent material. Saad said. He said that to make social media platforms accountable, the government has asked the companies to register and open a liaison office in Nepal, pay taxes, and abide by the country's laws and regulations. It wasn't clear what triggered the ban or if TikTok had refused to comply with Nepal's requests. The company did not immediately respond to an email seeking comment. TikTok, owned by China's ByteDance, has faced scrutiny in a number of countries because of concerns that Beijing could use the app to harvest user data or advance its interests. Countries including the United States, Britain, and New Zealand have banned the app on government phones, despite TikTok repeatedly denying that it has ever shared data with the Chinese government. It would not do so if asked. Nepal has banned all pornographic sites in 2018. Good for Nepal. From Nepal to Oregon. Oregon voters want to walk back legalization of hard drugs. In 2020, voters in Oregon passed Measure 110, which decriminalized the possession of certain drugs in small quantities for personal use and shuffled revenue from cannabis taxes to resources aimed at helping addicts. Since it went into effect the following year, crime and substance use has not gone down as intended, and as a result, residents are calling for the reintroduction of criminal penalties for users. A poll conducted by DHM Research earlier this year revealed that more than 60% of Oregonians want to see the decriminalization aspect of Measure 110 repealed, though support for the use of cannabis taxes to fund treatment programs has maintained popularity. According to the poll, 51% of those surveyed said they believed 
Measure 110 has been bad for Oregon. Of those, 33% deemed it very bad. Over 60% said drug addiction, homelessness, and crime had become worse in the time since it was adopted. Rural voters who identified as Republicans were more likely than their Democratic urban neighbors to believe that the policy has had a negative impact on the state, though a sizable proportion of every demographic has said as much. The poll conducted via online survey among 500 Oregon voters between April 24th and 30th also found that drug addiction and mental health were viewed as more likely root causes for homelessness than access to affordable housing. As the Wall Street Journal reports, law enforcement officers across the state have found that contrary to what was expected, doing away with the threat of jail time has not resulted in more addicts seeking help. Since 2021, while 6,000 tickets have been issued for drug possession, only 92 people have gotten in touch with the helpline to complete an assessment that would connect them with the necessary assistance. Those who fail to call are supposed to receive a $100 fine. However, that is hardly ever enforced. Overdoses have also continued to rise, jumping 23% between May of 21 and 22 and May of 22 and 23 to 1,500 statewide. And now some news from the ice rink. Man arrested on suspicion of manslaughter over death of ice hockey player Adam Johnson. A man has been arrested on suspicion of manslaughter following the death of ice hockey player Adam Johnson last month. This according to South Yorkshire Police that was released in a statement on Tuesday. Johnson died after sustaining a cut to the neck while playing for the Nottingham Panthers against the Sheffield Steelers in England on October 28th. A Sheffield coroner's report found that the 29-year-old sustained an incised wound to the neck caused by the skate of another player and later died in hospital as a result of the injury. Our investigation launched immediately following this tragedy, and we have been carrying out extensive inquiries ever since to piece together the events of what led to the loss of Adam in these unprecedented circumstances. That was Detective Chief Superintendent Bex Horsfall, who sent that in a police statement. We have been speaking to highly specialized experts in their field to assist in our inquiries to continue to work closely with the Health and Safety Department at Sheffield City Council, which is supporting our ongoing investigation. The police statement added that the man arrested remains in custody. Following Johnson's death, which the Panthers described in a statement on October 29th as a freak accident, there has been increased focus on player safety in ice hockey, particularly on whether protective neck guards should be more widely worn. Adam's death has sent shockwaves through many communities, from our local residents here in Sheffield, to ice hockey fans across the world, Horsfall said. Born in Hibbing, Minnesota, Johnson started his professional career in the American Hockey League before progressing to the National Hockey League, or the NHL. He featured in 13 games over two years for the Pittsburgh Penguins and also played in Sweden and Germany before joining the Panthers for the 23-24 season. In an online obituary, Johnson's family remembered him as a thoughtful, patient, and genuinely authentic person who took pleasure in the small, everyday things. Members of the ice hockey community across the world have paid tribute to the forward, including the city of Nottingham, where fans have laid flowers outside the Motor Point Arena. Police said on Tuesday that officers are supporting Johnson's family while the investigation into his death remains ongoing. And that is your news for today. This has been your Cross Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a pub membership, a magazine subscription, or tickets to our next conference in Dallas-Fort Worth, head on over to FightLabFeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about our conference next year, or if you want to become a corporate partner with Cross Politic, email me at Garrison at FightLabFeast.com. For Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day, and Lord bless.